good morning or you know whatever time of day it is that you're listening. Uh, welcome to Real World Podcast. Uh, my name's Tyler. I'm your host. I'm here with uh, Scott and Bobby Schutte, uh, and they, uh, on this podcast, uh, talk about real issues in a real world, uh, bridging the gap between millennials and boomers. Good morning, guys. Good morning. morning. How are you? I'm doing very well. Um, I woke up on the right side of the bed this morning. Yeah, nice. that's always wonderful. Yeah, and I brought you coffee again. And you brought coffee, which I'm <laughs> I I'm only one cup in so far, but I I anticipate going through this whole uh carafe yes, of that, coffee. That pot will be gone soon. Very soon, a couple hours. Yeah, yes. yeah, yes. Scott, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. I too woke up well. um i actually uh kind of tweaked my back a few weeks ago oh yeah and uh went to the doctor and he pretty much just gave me meds and said you'll be fine in a couple days it was still hurting a couple weeks later and i was like that's not good like i should probably go back to the doctor and so doctor was being an idiot and wasn't doing what i wanted him to do and but the last two days my back's actually felt pretty good good well, oh sometimes nice it's just a matter of time yeah you know you just yeah. have to let it heal on its own and maybe but that's it took why four it weeks and the doctor said it would take no more than four or five days mm. well mm. i uh i'm glad to hear that your back's doing well i yeah. still think you should go to a chiropractor i i still am planning on it oh, okay good yeah mm. yeah because you know i mean i it seems like there's probably well and i had tweaked it a year and a half ago. Right. And when I say my back feels good, I mean back to that. Like it feels like it did before I like really hurt it. Right. Uh, but it's still, I wouldn't say like perfect. Yeah. So we need your back to be better in about six or seven weeks. For moving. <laughs> yeah. For moving. Yeah. Moving yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's get, let's get that chiropractic adjustment. Maybe we can work out some kind of a percentage. Oh, oh goodness. man! No, I have a friend who has a chiropractor. She recommended him to me, and he's not really expensive. He's like thirty dollars a session. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and uh, when I was a teenager, I threw out my back in some way, and mm. uh, I went to the chiropractor, and I was—I mean, I was like laid up, like I couldn't get out of bed. Mm. And I uh, went to the chiropractor and he adjusted it and explained that like back pain is like if your spine is out of alignment, your muscles are working overtime mm. to, you know, correct yeah. that Yeah. Uh, when you're walking around and everything like that. And so it sounds like, I mean, I'm no chiropractor. I'm certainly no doctor, but <laughs> it sounds sure? like long-term yeah, back. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. It sounds like long-term lower back pain uh, could very well be your muscles are just always sore from trying to correct a so misaligned spine. I'm really curious. When you go to a chiropractor, do they do like x-rays first or Some something? Do. Okay. I was just well, curious. And sometimes I think it depends on what the pain is. What the pain yeah. is. And they can okay. feel around too yeah. and kind of get yeah. a sense of what your yeah. back's doing. Yeah. yeah. That was my experience with the chiropractor is he, I explained what I was feeling and he said, okay, I, th- I, I have an idea, um, but go ahead and lay down on your stomach on the table. And, and he literally just felt each, uh, you know, uh, vertebrae vertebrae, and just, you know, was like, Oh, yep. This one is tweaked this way. And this one's tweaked a little bit this way. And then, you know, he adjusted me and uh, he did, he did take x-rays, but it was, he used them after the fact. So he adjusted me and then took x-rays. I think just to verify that there wasn't anything else. Mm. And, uh, yeah. So I, uh, dad and I took, um, the little ones to the beach yesterday, our grandson and granddaughter. So they're almost two and almost four in September. They turned two and four. Yeah. And, um, Gosh. I can't believe he's four. I thought uh, he right? was like one. No. <laughs> Jace will what be a four good and uncle. Julia will be two. But Julia, gosh, she is just so brave. Like she oh, really? just wants to be going out there to the waves. And it's like they just knock her over. Like you have to oh, hold yeah. on to her hand. I mean, I mean, there's not much to her, you know. <laughs> and But she's just so brave. And it's like they had a couple buckets. And I'm Grammy must have taken about 50 like trips to the water to fill up the buckets so they could pour <laughs> out the water on their sand castle and you know, whatever. And you know, she's like me, do it, me do it. She doesn't want you to do it for her. She mm-hmm. wants to do it herself. Jace is just happy for you to get it for him. You know, And it just so reminds me of his dad because it's like, 
you know what? He was so happy to, for me to just dress him. She, you cannot put her shoes on her. Oh, like, she needs she, to do it. She has to do it. Mm. Weren't you like that? Probably. Probably. <laughs> I think she's got a little Grammy in her. <laughs> she's very independent. And I don't know whether some of it's gender, whether it's, you know, but, but he acts very much like his dad did. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't act anything like that. And since I didn't have any girls, yeah. I don't have anyone to compare them to. Yeah. And um, she's just very independent. And <laughs> she just wants to do things her way. Well, and obviously we didn't know her mama when she was right. little. But right. she's a very independent woman. I think so, too. I mean, she went to Australia for a semester yeah. of school. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she did a lot of things on her own. And the other, th- the other thing last night, so we stayed for dinner for mm-hmm. th- first Father's Day. So... I know this is going to be aired a couple um, weeks yes. after Father's Day, yeah. but um, so she's out there like she has her helmet on, but she's like riding this little scooter like, <laughs> with her feet, you know, yeah. like a yeah. skateboard scooter yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, she's not even two. <laughs> so it's pretty crazy. crazy. And then they have these, like seriously, <laughs> but they have like these hills in their backyard. They have an awesome backyard. And like this, this hills are, they're at least like 30 feet down. This little girl scales that hill like you would believe. <laughs> like you would think she would just be toddling over. No, right. she just like runs down the hill That's and awesome. scales on, you know, on the back of her heels. Yeah. It's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, uh, it sounds like Jake will have a couple of good hunting buddies uh, when t- they get totally. older. A couple totally. little mountain goats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Yeah. Well, let's jump into our our core conversation for today. Uh, we've been making our way uh, backwards through the <laughs> what? <laughs> I have no idea why he's laughing. <laughs> it's just a funny way that we chose to do. It. Um, like, but we're we working our do. way backwards through. <laughs> <laughs> Like whenever someone says list the fruits, of the, it's like that could be a test for sobriety. <laughs> list the fruits list of the spirit backwards. 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 <laughs> like I can't even do it forwards. And I'm like, well, I've done it now. <laughs> uh, but we've been making our way through uh, the fruits of the spirit. And uh, so we have uh, goodness and we're actually going to do a combo episode uh, by uh, covering goodness and kindness together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought for, for this episode, as we, as we talk about goodness and kindness, uh, I thought it would be great for us to uh, understand what goodness and kindness are, what they mean respectively, to better understand uh, how we can apply goodness and kindness in our current uh, cultural climate and how uh, exhibiting goodness and kindness more in our everyday life brings glory to God. So let's start off with what is goodness and kindness, uh, respectively. Um, do either of you kind of want to jump in first on that or? Sure. I mean, I can say that. Um, so goodness, I believe, is, I mean, one, you need to it does have an aspect of integrity in it. Mm. Um, but it's living and working with like consistent, like principled behavior. Mm. Okay. So that would be goodness. And so that could be like, that could look tough to some people mm-hmm. as well as loving, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, and then kindness to me more describes how the, how mm-hmm. of that behavior of that mm-hmm. goodness. So, you know, it's, you know, willing to serve um, the needs of others in a respectful, I hate to use the word kind because I'm sort of trying to describe it. I don't know how else to say, how do you describe kindness other than kind? Um, Helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think it's always like, kindness is always like a positive. Mm -hmm. Um. Right. There's no, there's no tough kindness. No, there's no tough kindness. You're either kind or you're not. Right. Whereas in, um, goodness, I think sometimes we have to do that, which is good and it may be tough. Right. You know, and I think about like when I was just talking about my grandchildren and it's like truly tough love. I mean, when they're toddlers, like especially my granddaughter, she's, she's been going through her terrible twos already. Mm. She's not even two yet. And she needs that tough love. I mean, you can't let her get away with things when right. she's this age because once you do that, I mean, you want you want to raise uh, children to be productive adults. And yeah. if you let them get their own way, they're going to have a very different opinion of what life is really like when they grow up. So, 
Um, and yeah. and by having a different opinion, they're going to have a difficult time. They're going to have a difficult mm-hmm. time yeah. because they're going to think that they get to do whatever they want whenever they want. And you, you know, can't. You just can't. <laughs> and gosh, that just makes me think of Seattle. But okay, I guess I won't go there. <laughs> What's going on right now up there? It's it kind of reminds me of that, like this this group now called Chop. That's basically which but you know the the mayor or the city council has kind of approved it there was like a murder this morning they wouldn't let the cops in and i i just don't even know how they're going to deal with this i just i don't understand it but i'm i'm thinking these are people i mean when you look at their list of demands they want free education they want free everything and it's like how about going to get a job and working hard yeah i think you'll be rewarded when you do that i think the lord rewards those who work hard yeah, I mean, uh, the the concept that, the, you know, he who doesn't work doesn't eat. Exactly. Is, right. you know, uh, it's certainly a, a perspective that, like, is historic and it's recorded in the Bible. And it's mm-hmm. and it's even seems to be very, uh, you know, upheld by God. Like, it seems mm-hmm. to be a very godly perspective. Right. And, and that may be one a very principle. good example of yeah. this where it's good. Because yeah. the Lord says it's good, right, right? Right. But it may be tough because some people would rather sit on their butt and do nothing well, and get something for nothing. Well, it's kind of funny. Uh, I don't want us to get too off topic, but it's kind of funny because, you know, we really weren't uh, created to not work. Right. Correct. Uh, right. Adam, yeah, work Adam before worked the mm-hmm. before the fall. It was only painful after the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, where God said you'll work the ground and and you'll sweat, it'll, you'll sweat and you'll be stuck with thorns and you know thistles mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and uh, and so work is is a inherently human thing absolutely and good thing and and, and a good, good thing. thing it makes you I mean when you put in a good day's work and I tell you I've done a lot of different jobs mm-hmm. some a lot easier than others and in some more physical than others. As long as you do your best yeah. in your job, even if you're not satisfying your boss or whatever, if you know you've done your best job, you're going to feel good about yourself. Oh, yeah. You know, that. what else can you do? I mean, that's the best you can do. Definitely when I come home from work and right now I don't have a very physical job, um, but uh, like there are definitely times where I come home and I feel like man, I knocked this thing out of the park today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's just no more relaxing feeling Absolutely. than coming home from mm-hmm. having Absolutely. crushed it. Yep. You know? Yep. <laughs> like, yep. Uh, totally. So, Scott, what do you think about uh, kindness and goodness? What yeah. What's kind of the, the underlying difference between the two? What's what, what do each really mean and look like? Yeah, I think uh, you, you guys have been right on on the money when i think of goodness i think of um justice i think Mm. of righteousness Mm. um so doing what is right doing what is good um um what what is the just thing to happen here which is some not always an easy thing uh as we can see in today's uh cultural climate doing the, the right thing and the good thing isn't always the easiest thing um, and then when I think of kindness, I think of generosity. I think of going out of your way to do a, uh, something nice for someone else. Um, giving someone um, the thought um, beyond necessarily what they uh, deserve. And um, I think also, too, it's important for us to to think of this in the context as we've thought of all the others of that. This is a fruit of the spirit and that these are things when we're talking about the fruits of the spirit, we're talking about these things in context bigger than just the regular use of these words. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that there are people who can be kind and good that aren't Christian. And so that kind of kindness and that kind of goodness isn't necessarily what we're talking about, mm-hmm. but this mm-hmm. is something that we it becomes a fruit in our lives um, as we are with the spirit and have the spirit living within us. And so when I think about goodness and kindness in, in those terms, I think it's above and beyond um, just general kindness and goodness. Yeah. It seems a little bit like, especially with uh, with kind of what you said and bouncing them off of each other like that. It's a little bit 
it, it reminds me a little bit of Micah 6, 8. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has showed you a man what is good and what the Lord requires of you, but to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Yeah. Scott just, uh, raised up his, uh, sleeve. He's got that as a tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Yeah. Do rightly love mercy and walk humbly. Um, and, and that those two things kind of bounced off each other, make a lot of sense to me in this context to, to, to do justly mm-hmm. and to love mercy. And mm-hmm. I know that mercy and kindness aren't necessarily synonymous, but I think that there is a lot of overlap there. Mm-hmm. I think that kindness is a mercy that we extend to people and right. it's a grace that we extend to people. Mm-hmm. And being merciful is kind. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And right. I think the part that makes it the spiritual part is that last part is doing it through humility. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think you can do what's right and you can have mercy, but it's the humility that makes it extra special mm-hmm. is when you're you're approaching things as being uh serving other people more than yourself absolutely yeah mm-hmm. yeah and and i think we talked about this in our last podcast is like that's when we are truly blessed you know when we like seek seek for something or um we're we're just seeking something out whatever it is whether we're praying for it or just whatever the situation may be and when we do that for like personal benefit. Yeah. Ultimately we're not satisfied with that, but when we do that for others. It's like it comes back threefold. Right. You know, and the blessing truly then is on us. So I think it requires that mm-hmm. humility. Right. And, mm-hmm. and really seeking the benefit of others more well, especially than ourselves. When we're in a, a such a sensitive time as we're mm-hmm. in right now. Yeah to give other people the benefit of the doubt, to give other people the time of day to hear them and to submit to, okay, like I'm going to raise up your platform to hear what you have to say and empathize with whatever that is mm-hmm. and, and legitimately hear you and then still either agree or disagree. That's fine. Like you have to do what you think is good and right. But um, humility is something that I see as being desperately needed right now. Absolutely. And I, when I think also about goodness, I just think about godness, you know, mm. um, that goodness is godness in that when we look at who Jesus was, mm-hmm. um, he was good, you know, like, so he uh, was a good example, the perfect example of mm-hmm. what goodness is. Mm-hmm. And um, so I kind of like that goodness is godness. Yeah, um, and this is a passage of scripture that we've actually talked about a little bit in the context of what's happening in our nation right now. Is uh, I've heard a lot of people compare like the protests to Jesus flipping over tables, mm-hmm. for example, and I think that is a passage that shows Jesus's goodness. Mm-hmm. He was doing what was right, right, what was just. These were people that were doing what was wrong, and he was standing up for justice. And I think that's what uh, these protests are as well. Now, of course, there's always people that can do things beyond that. But I think it's it's uh, we we can never uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater and say like, um, oh, all these protests are just riots and people um, stealing and whatever. Like that's just I think simply that's a not small the case. aspect yes. of it. Frankly, um, unfortunately, it's what gets so much attention. And as I'm seeing right now with it. The concern that I have is that it's actually polarizing people more. Like in the very, very beginning, I think it's sought to bring people together, but I'm hearing from my friends and right now they're just like fed up with it all. I Yeah, and, and, maybe. And, and because I think it's still just all pandering and it's like, let's do something instead of just talking about it. Let's do something, you know, let's make real change instead of just talking about it. And I think people are just tired of talking about it. Yeah, but I think that's why the protests are happening is that's what they're protesting for is for something I understand. To and I'm not saying they shouldn't continue to protest, but that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm saying we all have a part of it. Yes, we all personally do. But it's like legislators do something. It's like, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't have the answers, but I'm just saying we need to do something and just talk and just not talk about it. Because I think it's just angering some people. It's it's just go it's just too much because all they do is just 
banter, banter, banter. And it's kind of like, and, and you see the pandering as well. And it's like, it's so hollow. It's so clear that so many people are don't really believe this. They're just saying it because it's the po- politically correct thing to do. And that, gosh, that disturbs me. Let's, I want to see real change. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what I'm saying. It's like, I think we're just tired of talking about it. Let's do something. What do we do? Mm-hmm. Okay, somebody, somebody like jump on this. And I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, uh, I think that, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you and I, I think that I could be wrong. Um, but I wonder if some of that is our, um, California perspective, because I think that, you know, California having never really struggled like many States did with, um, with, uh, you know, Jim Crow laws and segregation and, you know, like California just historically didn't struggle we're, as much. We're far ahead of the other States in those categories. Yeah. It's true. I mean, I'm we're, so thankful to be here oh, and yeah. to have such, div- you know, a diverse, yeah area to live in where we don't have to contend with some of the things that these other areas contend with. So you're right. It's kind of hard to relate. I can think back to my childhood Yeah, and you know, I mean, I grew up in the sixties and seventies, so there was a lot of race issues of course back then. And it was definitely a lot more tense and very different than it is here. And you're Right. right. I don't think we see it the same here, but we see it all over the media. Right. And, 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 that's the challenging part. It's kind of like the same thing every day. Okay, when are we going to do something about it? Well, right. And I, I think, and, and I want to be clear, I, it, I'm not saying that California hasn't had uh, problems. really yeah. big problems. Sure. You know, I think about sure. like, you know, I think about even going so far back as, you know, Rodney King. Absolutely. Like we've certainly had our share of problems, sure. but California as a culture, mm-hmm. I think is a little bit more progressive in this way than a lot of other mm-hmm. states. Absolutely. And so I wonder if in California we're like, yeah, we know already right. where <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Where in other states yeah. there really does need to be more discourse before we can sure. get to the point of action. And, mm-hmm. and you may be right, but I'm I'm like an action person. Like oh, I am sure. not not one yeah. to just sit and ponder. I'm one yeah. that needs to act on right. things. And right. it's like, what do I do? Where do I go? Yeah. How do I make this happen? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm just like, I don't want to keep talking about it. Yes. Yeah. I just want to do something. Yeah. And well, I don't it, know what the answers are. And the problem right. is our, our culture has politicized everything. Oh yeah. And so uh, while I think California is, is great at some of these things, other States look at California and think, oh, they're just super progressive and liberal. We don't want to be anything like California. Right. And so they look at our policies and the way that we run things, and they think, let's not do it like that. Let's do the opposite. Yeah. And they, <laughs> they, they throw the baby out with the bathwater, and yeah. and um, they'll reject any policy that comes out of California because it's from California. Mm-hmm. And it's where it's like, no, like this is basic human right. You know, the one thing that comes to mind this week for me where I am – it's probably very different than what my party would stand for. And that was the Supreme court, um, decision to, um, not allow, um, the DACA, the dreamers, no, not the LBGT, which I support that too, because you got to have protections in the workplace. So I, I'm not really understanding. No, I I think I misquoted it last or whenever we talked last, it was, uh, something got signed with LGBTQ not being able to, are giving states the right to deny adoption, like with adopting children to oh, the to LGBTQ parents. But well, I th- I that's, think that's, that's just a whole different yeah, topic. it's a whole different yeah, topic. A whole different yeah. topic. Yeah. But no, when I think about the DACA, um, just as an example, I mean these are children that came here that they didn't control them coming here. So why would we not want to protect them and give mm-hmm. them the same rights yeah. that yep. we have? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just, I like, I seriously don't understand a single person that thinks the other way. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. Well, and honestly, those kids, I think will have a deeper respect for what America has to offer to totally, and totally. will be better contributing citizens totally. than the ones that are naturally Absolutely, born because and just take things for granted. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, mean, the ones I agree. Up in Seattle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And and the thing that bothers me about the thing in Seattle is that it it like they totally hijacked the Black Lives Matter. Right. Um, 
and I'm not talking about the organization itself because I'm not sure about that but at this movement. point, but the movement, it's right. like to deal with the real race issues that we have in this country. That's what we need to be talking about. And I'm happy to talk about those. Right. You know, but it's morphed into yeah. something completely yeah, it's been different. It's been yeah. totally co-opted. And that's what's getting the attention. And it's like, no, that's that's not where we need to go. If you want to talk about socialist issues, you know, create your own platform for that. Right. You know, but don't don't hijack the yeah. race and prejudice issues that we have in this country that we really do need to address and act on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how, I mean, we've, we've already kind of segued into it, you know, talking through some of our current cultural climate right now, how can we as Christians, uh, exhibit more goodness and kindness in this time, regardless of our race? Well, let me just say this. The one thing that I'm really striving to do, and frankly, I'm not successful at it probably half the time, mm -hmm. and that is listen to hear and not to respond. Um, mm. I'm so quick to, uh, as I was just saying before, I'm one to like just want to act. And so sometimes when somebody is speaking, I'm not so good about listening because I'm all ready to act. I want to do something. I want to move forward. And, but we need to listen. We need mm -hmm. to know what the real issues are. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm so, so in the listening department, I'm trying to be better. And so I think listening yeah. is key. So we know what the real issues are so that you can get to the root of the real problem. And I think when it comes to, um, you know, like the issues we were just talking about, I don't think we are listening. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we're making assumptions about what we think the issues are, but we're not really listening mm -hmm. to what the issues are. Yeah. And it's good to listen. And I think where that happens is because people are listening and they're assuming they're in an argument. And so they listen to have the best retort rather than yes. coming into this conversation thinking, I have something to learn here. Mm -hmm. That's a really good way to put it. Mm-hmm. And because when I have something to learn, I'm listening to all the, in, yeah. all the words. Okay, mm -hmm. what is it that I don't know? What is it I don't understand? Mm -hmm. And and the only thing that's going to come out of your mouth in that posture is questions. Questions mm -hmm. of like, oh, well, yeah. what about like this? Why why is this mm -hmm. like this? Mm -hmm. Instead of, well, you know, these statistics, blah, 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 blah. Sure. Yeah. And it's like, no, you were just coming in to try to argue your point and keep whatever bias you had beforehand rather right. than listen and learn something new. That's so great, Scott. I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. That's, that was stated very well. I think there's uh, one, one maybe additional nuance to that uh, that I just really was faced with very recently. And it was something that came out of social media. Um, it, it was someone, you know, writing and, and explaining that, um, you know, when you come to a argument or a debate in which you have no personal stake in the matter and the other person does, this is not going to feel like a, uh, academic pursuit to them. It will feel like an academic pursuit to you mm -hmm. to, to talk through that. Oh, well, what about this and this? And, you know, mm -hmm. it'll feel very academic to you, but to totally. this other person, it's going to feel like a, uh, like a challenging of their experiences. Mm -hmm. And, you know, both of you know, and, and Scott, maybe more than almost anyone in my life, that I have had a long history of loving that ac academic exercise of arguing. Mm -hmm. uh, no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and and I love I love coming into an argument being you know, I, I can come in hot and I can take a very devil's advocate position mm -hmm. very convincingly. Yeah. Even if you have no belief in it, whatsoever. no belief in it whatsoever. <laughs> and it's just fun for me. It's a fun academic mm -hmm. exercise, but that was a real gut check when I read this because it's like, well, that's not very, it's not very good and it's not very kind. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, unless both parties are coming to the table From with that, that perspective. Like, hey, let's have a high mind let's have level a debate. conversation yeah. about this. Let's debate versus, about this. like, here, listen to my issues. Right. Listen to the things that I've experienced. Right. And then you come back at that with statistics. And it's like, right. well, that's, that's not me. Yeah. Like, you're saying your life didn't happen. Right. Right. Or your life doesn't matter because the statistics say this. Right. Right. 
that, mm. that your experiences mm-hmm. are, are irrelevant mm-hmm. uh, or that I'm questioning whether or not they, they even happened at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with a lot of the current issues, I think there's people that feel that though. Like, right. Oh, they're just making all this stuff up. Sure. Like th- these aren't real experiences um, that people have faced. Then that's unfair. Mm-hmm. Completely. If, I mean, if you have mobs of people coming and saying, I've experienced this. Mm-hmm. You can't just, and they're all from different walks of life mm-hmm. from different areas. Like you can't cry out. Oh, they all conspired against and came up with this story. Like, sure. This is a, this is a problem. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's so, I feel like similar to in a lot of ways, the real value of the me too movement that happened is that there were a lot of people that just, especially men, who just believed this isn't a real serious, I mean, it's a serious mm-hmm. problem, but it's not a prevalent problem. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't for you. Because it wasn't right. for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And then right. and then all of this wave of no, mm-hmm. me too, me too, me too, mm-hmm. and seeing people in my life saying me too, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, wow, okay, I have, to, I have to check my experience at the door and mm-hmm. realize mm-hmm. that even though I thought this wasn't a mm-hmm. prevalent issue, mm-hmm. uh, or even uh, if, you know, uh, 80% of my friends thought this wasn't a prevalent issue, that I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that, you know, just using that one as an example, the Me Too movement, um, you know... I wish we would leave politics out of it. I mean, that yeah. was a real issue. It's been a real issue. Yeah. But but it's almost like you have to check the politics first yeah. to make sure it's a valid Me Too movement challenge or question. Yeah. And I'm not going to get, I don't want to get into all the details yeah. because you guys all, every, I think everybody knows what I'm talking about without saying it. But it's like, let's not do that. You either support the movement and support these women that are coming forth saying, hey, this happened, or you don't. You don't pick the party and say, oh, yeah, in this party, yes, it did happen. But if you're part of this party, right. no, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Right. That's ridiculous. Right. Come on, it people, is. be objective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be objective. Well, and, and don't just be objective, yes, but as well, uh, be on the side well be consistent but but be on the side of injustice right Mm -hmm. be consistent with that yeah you know don't look at party and i think with the lens today with everything going on whether it was covid or the race relations Uh, everything is viewed through this totally political viewpoint and it's so frustrating because i can see things on both sides that are just I like, just want to clarify right something I just said when I said be on the side of injustice. Oh, on the, on the side I of justice. I meant supporting the support. I know, but I just wanted to be clear because I said it and we moved yeah, on. And then right. I thought, well, that sounded like me saying yeah. mm-hmm. no, we support injustice. Meant. We knew what you meant. We are just saying that, you know, yes. if whomever comes forward, we need to treat that them with integrity and yes. consistency. Yeah. And compassion. And compassion. And let's not look at the political party. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You know? Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Tyler. You had kind of mentioned this a little bit, but like as a six foot three white man. A, a wasp, I've, some yeah, might say. I've <laughs> had, there's been a lot of things where have, that have not been my story. Right. I have never been walking down an alley and thought I was going to get mugged. Right. Because I'm like, who's going to approach me? No one's ever approached me for something like that. <laughs> um, I've never had, I've never thought I was going to be sexually abused. I've never thought someone was going to not do something because I looked different than them. Yeah. Like there's just been so many things. And I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for my story, but I think there comes a point where you have to realize and listen to other stories and hear the injustice in their stories and then stand up for those people as well. But on top of that, we, we, we have, I mean, I was just thinking this so much yesterday, the Lord just kept kept telling me personal responsibility, personal responsibility, personal accountability in all of this, you know, um, you know, we, we often make excuses. I mean, there's just some horrible evils in this world and we make excuses for people 
And it still comes down to personal responsibility. Um, you got to know right from wrong. Yeah. And um, you need to act on that. And it doesn't, I mean, we all sin. We all, you know, we all make mistakes. But um, in a, a general sense, um, so when I think about that, when you're describing yourself as a white male, it's like, I think it's a challenging time probably to be a white male because it just seems like politically everything is against you. And that, and it's like ridiculous that, that that is a fact, but I'm just saying it's a little bit more challenging for you right now. I really don't think so. Oh, that's good. I'm glad to hear that because yeah. I it think, seems to me that, I think there you know, are men that are saying that, Yeah. but I think those men are upset that for the first time in a long time, their voice isn't number one. Well, and, and yeah, I, I may say that I may I think s- dad thinks that way. And I don't think that's what he thinks. I don't think he's ever thought, gee, he should be. His but like where, should be number where, one. Where, where are white men right now getting prejudiced or persecuted? Well, I mean, honestly, if I'm just, you know, being real here, it seems to me that like when it comes to hiring, that the hiring, it's like, oh, wow, we need to really make a stronger effort to hire um, a non-white male. I'm just going to say non-white because it's really doesn't matter what, you know, what the race or gender, or whatever, just a non-white male yeah. because that's the politically correct thing to do. And, and all I would say to anybody in that, you know what, that just means you have to work harder and be the best at what you are in order to get that job that you want. Yeah. Which I would, I, I would welcome with open arms. Me personally, Absolutely. as a, as a white man is I would say to any white men, who, you know, especially I would say younger white men who might be, you know, trying to get a new job right now, you mm-hmm. know, most, most, uh, most, I don't want to say all because COVID happened and a lot of people lost their jobs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the majority of people who are, are trying to move up the, the ladder or get a new job, uh, or get into a career field. M- the majority of those are younger white men. Mm-hmm. Uh, most, uh, most people men most gen xers right now are thoroughly within and or getting ready to leave their career and most boomers have you know are are finishing out their career right now Mm -hmm. um and so what i would say to any white man who feels slighted in that way is well for the first time, you're going to have to be the one that works harder. Right. And and that's okay. And that's okay. And it is okay. And I tell you, as a white woman, yeah, I always felt like, because again, I mean, I'm retired from my career. Sure. But when I first started out in the early 80s, I tell you, I did experience oh, uh, gender sure. discrimination sure. in that because I was a woman. I mean, they just basically came out and told me, we're not putting you in that controller position because you're a woman. Yeah. You're never going to be in leadership. Not. And yeah. of course- I was, I right. mean, you know, right. um, and, but that's the bottom line is that it made me want to work harder. And so I think for all of us, this kind of comes full circle, work hard and you will be rewarded, period. It doesn't matter what your gender, your race, your ethnicity, it doesn't matter. Work hard and you'll move ahead. Yeah. Or, or at least it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, because we and, can definitely say that emphatically. And, well, yeah. and let me just say this. As, as someone who has hired hundreds of people, yeah, I can guarantee you that I was looking for the best person for the job. Right. It did not matter. Right. Any I, of those factors. It really didn't. I, I mean, you, you, you want the best. I wonder, though, if maybe some of that has to do with your story in that you were a minority in that sense mm. that you were, you know, a woman trying to to advance and were told no because of your gender. And so then when you were in a position of authority, you said, nope, I'm throwing that out. But unfortunately, in a lot of America, it is still mm-hmm. white it's, men that are it, it, yeah. it, 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 holding it is, the keys. But yet I, I, I kind of defend that to a certain extent in the sense that in certain industries, it's so dominated by males. Right. So again, I'm not talking about race here, but just sure. say males. males. Yeah, sure. That it, it stands to reason that they're the people that are going to be in those, you know, uh, difficult positions. And I will say this. Okay, what I'm currently doing, um, I work uh, two, two days a week mm-hmm. part-time and I work for a manufacturing company and I pretty much do whatever... Um, you're asked to do i'm asked to do Mm -hmm. okay 
And like I could do accounting, I could be running big inspection machines, I could be doing um, just more menial work in the shop where I'm running parts through these washing machines and everything. I've done it all. And I will say this, it's like, it's kind of, it's mostly gals that that do that kind of work, more Mm -hmm. than menial work, and it's guys that do the other work. But you know what? Like, they don't want to do the other work. Like, they, they want to do that. Like, they have made a choice. They have been offered opportunities that they chose not to take. Sure. And so I have seen that time and time again, where um, I remember trying to empower the women in our organization at the county. Mm-hmm. They did not want it. They wanted to just come in, do their job, and go home. I know we've really morphed into a completely different topic, but (laughs) (laughs) um, we're talking about discrimination. But so, again, I think we have to look at all the nuances, and and, um, it's not just about gender or race or whatever when it comes to these things because it's, it's about individuals and the choices that they make and... So what I have found is sometimes when I have put women in authority positions, they didn't like it and they requested a demotion because they didn't want to be in that position. And and this has happened numerous times. This is not a one-time thing. And it's just kind of how people feel comfortable. And you respect everyone. Now, for me, I wanted to do anything. I wanted to do everything and do whatever I could. So for me, if you tell me I can't do something, Oh, yeah, I'm going to show you. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. And that's just who I am personally. But I know that not everybody is like that. And I'm thankful for that. Like, truly, I am thankful for that. And I got that from my father. Believe it or not, I got that from my father, that I could be anything or do anything. Yeah. And I am thankful for that. I don't, yeah. I don't want to spend uh, a whole lot more time, but I, I just I, I want to pose a question and see what each of you think about it. Um, do you th- do you think it's possible that maybe some of the because like you said you you grew up with your dad saying you can be and do anything mm-hmm. and so you decided mm-hmm. that you wanted to be and do anything mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, maybe s- uh, influence in some of that that you were just talking about of oh I don't want to be in that leadership position uh, or I don't want to do what you know this other thing that in our microculture is a man's work. Do you think that it's possible that the result of uh, the result of of women m- maybe in some of these experiences not striving for or desiring leadership positions is a result of systemic uh, gender discrimination that our culture says men lead. Uh, in government and women don't or men <laughs> are CEOs and women aren't and and that kind of a thing that's caused women to feel uncomfortable in those positions because all of their culture has told them that they don't belong there. You I know think, what? Go ahead. I'll let, let me go first because yeah, you ahead. can speak from experience sure. and I can't. Um, I would say it's possible that that is the case for some women. Um but what I would see is more likely is their their local um, social norms. So maybe other men in their life, right, that are speaking those things to them, or maybe they might have, I mean, just other responsibilities where when they if they were to take this job, they it just is a little bit too much. I have a friend of mine who's actually going to be uh, leaving their position soon um, because she feels like she wants to spend more time with her kids. Um, and so like it, it really just comes down to the, I think the values that those women hold and what it is that they're choosing to put first. Um, I would say we're probably in the best place we've been as far as women in the workplace, as far as like America goes. And I think there's still more room for us to grow in that area. Um, but once again, I think this is another thing where California is better at it than other places. Yeah. So, well, let me just go back to what I was saying in the beginning, goodness is godness. And, you know, the Lord created us all and he created men and women differently. Yeah. And so maybe we'll lose some listeners at this point, but I'm sorry, but this is what I think. We were made differently. Now I grew up to believe I could be anything and do anything. And I've 
basically went much further than I ever thought that I would. I was, but again, I worked hard. Yeah. I absolutely felt that I had to work harder as a woman yeah. to live in a man's world. And I'm so happy that I did that. Yeah. And I would encourage every woman out there to do that. That being said, with what Scott just shared, as a woman, how awesome is it that we have the choice to decide, do we want to work hard in in business or, you know, in our career to do whatever it is that we want to do? Or do we want to stay home and raise our families? Because I believe, as I was sharing before about these women that specifically took these promotions and went backwards, they felt uncomfortable being in these supervisory or management roles. They did not like it. It's not who they were. They didn't want to have to stress at the end of the day. And I tell you, you know, when I retired um, from the county, uh, three months later, my blood pressure dropped significantly. <laughs> now I had a pretty high um, um, position position yeah. um, that was stressful, but I chose to be there, yeah. and I think I did a good job. And and you and more or less enjoyed it. Like I you, did. You, you thrived I in did. it. Yeah. I thrived, and when I retired, though, I have never looked back. Like, right. I, you know, right. I succeeded, yeah. uh, and, and, uh, and I was done, but... but you know what, after, like, Scott knows, it's like, I've worked from the time, I've always worked, I always worked full time, other than the times I was off on maternity leave, and I actually watch my grandchildren two days a week, I tell you, that is a hard job, Yeah, you know, because I never really did that with my own children, Yeah, um, other than, you know, the normal times that we're home, and I really appreciated the opportunity to work, I really think, and I, I believe this firmly now that I was a better, a better mother by having worked like I do, Mm -hmm. but I think there are some women that are so awesome at being mom and being home with their kids. And it's like, do that, which you want to do and you have that choice. And that is good. That is goodness to be able to do that, to make that choice. Yeah. Well, uh, as we, uh, as we've sort of, I mean, we, we got a little off topic, but <laughs> I, I think my, that, my I bad. think that all of that does really tie back to what we were talking about with goodness and kindness. Uh, and so the last thing that I'd love for us to land on is how does, uh, exhibiting goodness and kindness as, as we talk about being fruits of the Holy spirit, how does that bring glory to God? Yeah. Ultimately, um, I can only bring so much glory to God myself. And so the, the way that these fruits best work is that they set, they, they serve as um, just like real fruit, something appetizing to other people. And so as we exhibit these fruits of the spirit and other people see these things in our lives, they think, man, what is different about that person and, and how can I get that? And so really these things serve as a witness to unbelievers that we can then invite in into become saved. We had our salvation uh, uh, pod uh, a few episodes ago, and so really, if we want to amplify uh, God's glory through this thing, the best way to do that is to bring more people into the family uh, of God. And so, through exhibiting kindness and goodness and justice and mercy and humility, all these things that we've talked about today to other people, and then being that witness for them to get to know who Jesus is and bring them into the family. Now you have multiple people now bring glory to God. And so uh, whenever we talk about that, that subject, like the best way to do it is to bring more people into the family and be conscious about that, like go in with a purpose. And that's part of um, the, the fruit as well as like, I'm being good and I'm being kind uh, because of the spirit in me, but also going to then be intentional about having those conversations with those people. Yeah. And I think it, it's a little difficult these days with all the political charges out there yeah. right now. Because what I'm finding currently is that we're becoming a little bit more polarized again. That's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing my friends just being frustrated with everything that's going on. And so we have to kind of move beyond that and still listen, you know, be good listeners. And um, as, you know, Scott was saying, I think we have to get over ourselves, put ourselves aside and look to the benefit of others and be empathetic to the situation and, um, persevere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as we, uh, as we wrap up, obviously we talked, uh, a good deal about, um, about, uh, 
discrimination both uh, in gender because, mm-hmm. you know, that's uh, uh, something that you experienced, Bobby, totally. personally, mm-hmm. um, and then also by race. Uh, and, and I know that, you know, as we've talked about this, there are a lot of people from different parts of the world, um, different parts of this country that have not experienced themselves and maybe, you know, aren't, um, yeah, they, they just have no experience and maybe not a lot of, of real, uh, perspective in, in hearing other people's stories to be able to develop the empathy, uh, mm-hmm. that, that is inherent in goodness and kindness. Uh, and so one thing that I would love to recommend, we we don't do a whole lot of recommending stuff on here, but I'd love to recommend, uh, a book and a movie, uh, by the same title and dealing with the same subject. Uh, it's called just mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just finished the book and it was, uh, very, uh, intense. I mean the movie, you know, as, as is true with everything, mm-hmm book and movie comparing them. The movie can only do so much Mm -hmm. in a couple hours. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought the movie was very fantastic as well. Um, And that movie is available for free right now for rent Mm -hmm. on uh, iTunes. So if you have an Apple product, you can rent and watch that movie for free. Oh, and Amazon. Okay. It is on Amazon as well. Uh, And I I strongly recommend the, the, the movie. I strongly recommend the book. Uh, It's a story of, uh, Brian Stevenson, uh, Mm -hmm. who founded the Equal Justice Initiative in Alabama, Mm -hmm. uh, and how he uh, was able to save a man who was wrongly convicted of murder uh, based on on racial prejudice. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, uh, it was another great story to open my eyes to other people's experiences Mm -hmm. Uh, there's certainly a lot of great content out there, but that's something I'd love to recommend to our listeners. Go watch Just Mercy, read the book, yep. listen to it as an audiobook. However, you're going to do it, it's fantastic for sure. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for uh, for talking with us today. Uh, if you, uh, our listeners, have uh, anything that you'd like to chime in on, uh, you can send us an email at hello at realworldpodcast.com. Uh, or uh, shoot us a tweet at the Real World Pod, and uh, I think Bobby has a closing thought for us. Well, I just wanted to actually give a shout out. Oh, shout to, out! Yeah, yeah, to Allison and Lori, who loved the Salvation episode. Oh, so I wanted to give a shout cool. out to them. I should have done that in the beginning, and I failed too. So I wanted to make oh, sure no. I gave them a shout out. No, that's great. I always forget. Uh, when I have to do a shout out, I always forget until it's over. And it's like, dang it. Now I have to do it on the next episode. <laughs> so I'm glad you remembered Allison, Lori, thank you so much for listening. And, uh, I hope that, uh, I hope that you share the the episode with your friends and family mm-hmm. uh, so that they can get some better clarity on, on salvation, what it means for sure. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, and Scott, Bobby, thank you so much for being here. Thank I, you for hosting. I love you guys. Love you too. Have a great day.